Hello and welcome to the Man Cave Huddle. My name is Greg and I'll be your host on this journey of the Man Cave Huddle where we'll talk about sports, lifestyle, and entertainment. Um, where can you find this podcast? May you ask? You can find this podcast on soundcloud.com backslash the Man Cave Huddle, all one word. That's soundcloud.com backslash the Man Cave Huddle, all one word. Now, uh, we are sponsored in our inaugural episode by nobody, (laughs) because nobody knows that this podcast exists other than you guys. So, uh, for those of you that are within the listening range of my voice, I really, truly, deeply appreciate you guys taking the time out of your schedule, whether you be um, cleaning, walking, you're in the gym, or just running errands, and you take your time out to just listen to my podcast, I appreciate it. Why did I start this podcast? If anybody knows me, you know that I have a real, true love and a true affinity for um, sports. I love talking about it. It's something I could talk about all day. It's something that I could talk about all night. And it's at the point you guys know. Uh, Greg, can we please talk about something else? We don't care. We we don't care, Greg. Stop talking about sports. Let's talk about something else. To a point where I said, you know what? Let me start a podcast. The mic isn't going to tell me to stop talking. So I'm just going to keep talking until my mouth gets tired. So let's get into it. So um, first off, let's talk about the NBA. Let's talk about some of the uh, things that are going on in the league where they play for pay. Russell Westbrook, second year in a row, he's gotten a triple-double. For those of you who don't know out there, ladies and women, and please, this podcast is not just for the fellas, it's for the women, it's for the, uh, the guys, it's for the young ones, it's for the old ones, it's for anybody. If you love sports, lifestyle, and entertainment, please pass along the information. But uh, Russell Westbrook, for those of you who don't know, a triple doubles when you have at least 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. And he's been able to average that for the second year in a row, being only the second guy to do it and the first NBA player to have not only two um, seasons in which he's averaged a triple double, but you know, obviously it's back to back. It's an amazing, it's truly an amazing feat. Uh, I don't really feel that it garnered or got and received as much attention as it should have. Because it's almost like, imagine in football going uh, undefeated, you know? When the Patriots were undefeated, it was so unheard of. It was like every game they were playing, it was must-see TV. But then for Russell Westbrook, for two years in a row to average a triple-double, it's a big deal, yes, but I know some of the stories and some of the controversy lying behind it were that people were having the opinion that his stats were getting a little padded and inflated and he was stealing rebounds from teammates or teammates were giving up rebounds and so on and so forth to Russell. And if that was happening, look, I mean, it, it, it's hard enough to average a triple-double and he needed 16 rebounds in his uh, last game of this season, and he wound up getting like 20-some-odd rebounds a career high. In that game, yes, I do think they gave up some rebounds to him so he could average a triple-double. Do I think they do it on a nightly basis? Maybe if the game is already in hand, and it's like, look, let's just get Russell a couple extra rebounds or a couple extra whatevers to stab pad. When the game is in hand, yes. But if you're telling me throughout the course of the game that they need to win, they're sitting there saying, all right, let's not care about winning, but make sure Russell gets a triple-double. No, I don't think that happens. I think Russell Westbrook is an amazing player, um, an amazing athlete. It's going to be interesting to see how far OKC goes in this postseason because they have a lot of what it takes. It's just can they literally make it happen? But we shall see. 
another topic that's a big, 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 big uh, topic of discussion in the league where they play. Fuppe is the NBA Rookie of the Year. That is what you will call the MVP of rookies, the rookie who's had the best season, the rookie who's played the most outstanding. And it's come down to two players, my uh, two players of note, Ben Simmons. Now, what's odd about Ben Simmons is that this is his first year playing, but last year was his technical rookie year. But due to a broken foot before the season started, he did not play not one game. So although this is his second year in the NBA, this is technically his first year playing, so that's what qualifies him to be a rookie, where the other candidate, Donovan Mitchell, is a true rookie who was the 13th pick in this past NBA draft. Now, before uh, I engage in my opinion here, and this is just my opinion. My opinions don't mean that I'm, a, I, I'm right or wrong. I'm just telling you what I think from my perspective. A lot of people say, well, Greg, how could you sit there and say Ben Simmons could be a candidate for rookie of the year? Playing, and although he didn't play his rookie year, he sat, he got an opportunity to absorb, to learn what the league is like, to know how you got to prepare, to know what life is like. And you know what? You're right. I have nothing to say about that. He, there, there, there's something to be said where although he didn't play, he had an opportunity to sit, watch, and learn. But due to the fact that the rules say he qualifies as a rookie, what else can you say? Until they change the rule, if the rule says he's a rookie, he's a rookie. And that's the end of the discussion. Whether or not it's fair or not, that's another to topic of discussion. But he is, he qualifies for a rookie. So now let's talk about the two guys that at the top of the uh, leaderboard right now for rookie of the year. Donovan Mitchell, the aforementioned rookie, 13th pick in this last NBA draft out of Greenwich, Connecticut. He's a shooting guard, and he shoots right. This season, shoots righty with his right hand. That's what I meant by shoot right. That's another thing. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes with this with this podcast right here. So so, so bear with me, okay? Uh, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get better. And whatever mistakes that I make in this first episode, just know it's going to be all uphill from here. This is the bottom. I'll be going to the top. To the top, top. Okay? But anyway, let's get back to the topic at here. So we're going to talk about a little Donovan Mitchell here. So uh, he's coming. This His rookie year, he averaged 20 points a game. Uh, three point percentage. He was shooting three thirty four percent, fifty percent from the floor. Uh, you could say you know four rebounds, four assists, one and a half steals a game. That's outstanding. His team, I think, um, in this in the standings, they qualify for the uh, the playoffs. But I think it literally came down to the last game of the year in which they made the three seed. I believe I could be wrong, but it, he was the driving force on that team. And for him to be a rookie and be the driving force on that team, it really says a lot for him being a rookie and that they will go to him. And they know the Utah Jazz are actually the fifth seed. They are the fifth seed coming in at 48 and 34. So it's, a, it's an outstanding feat where in the Western Conference, it's a harder conference. All the best players in the NBA other than LeBron and basically the all-star team in the East. All the other best players in the NBA, all of them are in the West. And for Donovan Mitchell to come in as a rookie and lead his team to the fifth seed, you know, pumping in 20 points a game is impressive. Now, let's talk about uh, the Southern Cat over here, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, uh, he was born in Australia, went to high school out here in Florida. Um, he shoots left. He's a point guard. He's 6'10". So this dude is tall. He's real tall. 
For the season, he came in averaging 16 points a game, 8 assists, 8 rebounds, 1.5 steals a game, shooting 55% from the floor, but he literally cannot shoot threes to the point where he does not have a shooting average because he literally, like, I think took one and missed. So he just literally, in his era of shooting three-point shots, he literally, literally did not shoot any threes. So for him to average 16 points a game, and be able to pass the way he was and get the rebounds the way he did. Let you know uh, his athletic prowess, his ability to pass. But to me, if you're asking me who deserves Rookie of the Year, Greg, how could you say Ben Simmons is Rookie of the Year? He's in such an easy conference with uh, the Eastern Division. He has the process, Joel Embiid, as his running mate on his team. Who does Donovan Mitchell have? I get all that. And we already discussed him being a rookie and all that. I get all that too. But let me ask you a question. If you have a guy that's averaging 16 points, 8 assists, and 8 rebounds, who is having the bigger impact on the game? Because let's say Ben Simmons is having a bad day and he's not shooting well. He's basically not scoring. He can still get you 8, bucket, I mean eight assists and 8 rebounds. Donovan Mitchell... I'm not saying he's not a talented player, but if he's not scoring, how else is he really contributing to the team? I don't know how much of a, a defender he is, but how how else is he contributing to the team if he's not scoring? Yes, that's his job. Yes, he was pumping in 20 and a half points a game. But if he's not doing that, how else could he contribute? Where Ben Simmons, if he's not rebounding, he's assisting. If he's not assisting, he can score points. If he's not doing any of that, then you know what? You just chalk that up to it. It was a bad game today. But in saying that, to me, I think the rookie of the year should go to Benjamin David Simmons. The only thing he needs is a nickname. Maybe the prince, LeBron, is the king. So maybe Ben Simmons is the next up-and-comer, and he's the prince. I don't know. But the point is, is that I think it's either Ben Simmons or make it co-rookie of the year. Because I don't want to dismiss the season that Donovan Mitchell had. It was really impressive. I, in my opinion, just feel Ben Simmons had more impact than Donovan Mitchell. So if you want to say co-rookie of the year, I'm cool with that too. Um, let's talk about the playoffs. Playoffs are starting to um, tomorrow, which is going to be Saturday. I shouldn't have done that. In podcasts, they always say you're not to date whatever is supposed to be going on because it shows how old the episode is. So, you know, there goes a one mistake right there. Boom. Got that out the way. So let's talk about the uh, the playoffs and, in my opinion, what I think is going to happen. So in the Easter Conference, basically, it's looking like it's going to be with the injury to Kyrie Irving and the Boston Celtics and they don't have Gordon Hayward. Thank you. The Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Raptors are like that car that looks real shiny and has nice rims and it, 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 it smells real good when you get in and it's clean and whoever owns it keeps the car looking real clean. But then the engine is a clunker, man. The Toronto Raptors are the type of team every year. They look so good in the regular season. They, they lullaby you to sleep and believe it that they're really a good team. Well, you know what? They reach the press and they say, oh, dip. I'm really scarred right now because if we miss this shot, we might not go home like today. We might go home as in, bye-bye, see you next year. So the Toronto Raptors, I don't really have a lot of confidence in them. 
All the other teams that are playing in the East, the only teams that I feel that are going to have the possibility of coming out are two teams. Um, I hate to say it, they're back. You know who I'm talking about. The boy from Akron. They call him the king. That guy that went to Miami and they said, I'm I'm, this is for you, Cleveland. When he beat the Warriors a couple years ago. Yes, I hate to say it, y'all. But, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, led by the aforementioned LeBron James, they have an excellent chance of going back to the finals once again. The only other team in the East that I see that has a chance of beating them or meeting them in the Eastern Conference Finals is the Philadelphia 76ers. The only thing holding back the Philadelphia 76ers right now is an experience. All those guys are young. This is the first year all those guys have been in the playoffs. So every game is going to be the first. Each day is going to be a new day for them. So can they handle the depth and the gravity of the moment? In the East, it's going to be the 76ers or the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who's going to come out from that? I could see that series going maybe six, seven games. And LeBron James takes it home once again. And Cleveland will be in the NBA Finals once again. Now in the West, now that is the situation. Because there's a lot going on right now in the West. You got the Houston Rockets, 65-17. and Now they are the Toronto Raptors of the West, but... With the acquisition this year of Chris Paul, who brings a lot of heart, toughness, grittiness, that griminess, that yo, come on, let's go. I'm trying to win, not now, but right now type of attitude. I'm giving the Houston Rockets a chance, a chance against the Warriors. Now you say, Greg, what about the Thunder? What about the Trailblazers? What about the Pelicans? What about the Timberwolves? What about them? What about them? I mean, the Timberwolves are good, but I don't think they have the offensive power or prowess to hang with the Houston Rockets. The Oklahoma City Thunder, they have an amazing starting unit in that Russell Westbrook. You have Paul George and you have um, a lot of players on that team that can really play. See, this is the thing with um, the Oklahoma City Thunder. When they acquired all those players on their team and they sat there and, and, and formulated their big three, the one thing that suffered was the the, the, bet, the bench. They really don't have a good bench. I mean, you have Carmelo Anthony, you have Steven Adams, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. But then when you talk about the, 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 the bench, you're talking about guys like, oh, he's still in the league? Oh, that's where he is now? Who? So, to me, your bench is almost, I don't want to say as crucial as your starting unit, but your bench is crucial because those are the guys that when they come in, when the starters obviously are on the court, those are the guys that have to keep the lead or basically don't let the game get out of hand. I don't know if the Oklahoma City Thunder bench can do that. So, in saying that, I think they could make it real, 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 real interesting. Because if it's a scenario where it's five minutes to go and it's like a game where it's under 10 points, all right, now the, 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 the Thunder could get busy. But can they play that way against the Warriors for four games and beat them? Can they play that way against the Rockets for four games and beat them? 
I don't know. And as of right now, I'm going to say, no, I don't believe so. But I think they could potentially, they could, I could see them in the the, the Western Conference Finals, but I don't think they can, they can beat the Warriors and the Rockets. I could see them beating one of the two, but not the two. And in saying that, when you're looking at the, the Warriors, look, it's going to be a tough series for them in the first round. They're going to have to play the um, San Antonio Spurs. Now, the reason why I say it's going to be tough, there's no Kwahi Leonard on the Spurs, and you're thinking, well, who do you have on their team? LaMarcus Aldridge isn't going to sit there and, do, and be able to carry them. Yeah, but you talk about Greg Popovich, and he is a great coach. That's going to be a series where the Warriors might win the game by 20 points, but it's going to be one of those in the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter they pull away. But for the entire game, it's going to be very competitive because Popovich is a great coach. He always has his team highly prepared and always ready to go. The Warriors, to me, people talk about the injuries, um, you know, Steph Curry. You talk about Durant, them losing all these games down the stretch, getting blown out by 20. Look, this is a team where they're bored. They're bored. They are at the veteran status right now where they don't really care what seed they are. They just want to be a top four seed so that they have home court in the first couple of rounds because they know whoever they play in the Western Conference Finals, even if it's on the road, they're experienced enough to win on the road. They know how to win on the road. I trust the Warriors because they have not only supreme starting talent, they have a lot of good players coming off the bench. The Rockets, they have good players coming off the bench, but the Warriors have more. They have more. This is something you have to pay attention to. Now, turning out um, the page to the New York Knicks, I'm sorry, Nick fans that are out there, uh, your head coach, Hornacek, they told them, you know, thank you. You can, you know, don't let the door hit you where it splits you. Um, you can, you know, yeah, keep that on your way out. Keep that. So it, it, it was a situation where, unfortunately, it was his time to go, and he has gone. Top coaching candidates are Jeff Van Gunny. I don't know if, I, I think he would probably want to come back to New York, but deep, 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 deep down, I feel the one guy who deserves a shot, who deserves the opportunity to do it in a town where he played college basketball. To coach the team that drafted him out of college. To play for the team in the state where he's from. He's from the Q borough. None only than Mark Jackson. I think Mark Jackson is highly qualified for the job. Granted, he's been out of coaching for a while. He's been um, covering the, the national sports scene, doing play-by-play for ABC. And he knows the trends, the ins and outs. He knows all the players. Now, some people may sit there and say, well, Mark Jackson coached the Warriors. He can sit there and bring the Knicks to prominence. Oh, well, how can Mark Jackson bring the, the Knicks to prominence? He had the Warriors before they became the Warriors, when they were all young kids and they were losing a lot of games that he was teaching them. Look, Mark Jackson comes across to, comes across to me like the type of coach where he comes in and he says, look, fellas, I've been in the league. I know what it's like. I know what you're going through. So tell me what you want, and I'm going to make that happen. And this is what I want, and you guys got to make that happen. And let's meet somewhere in the middle. Like, you ever have that boss 
where it's like you guys are like real cool and after work you go out and you could chill, have a couple of drinks, you could curse and just feel like that individual is like one of the guys or like, you know, it's a, it's a female boss and she's real cool and it's like you could just chill like it's not even your boss. Like I think that's who Mark Jackson is. That real cool dude where you're like, you know what? I want to work hard and really play hard for him. Not because he's the coach, but I truly like this guy and I like the way he's treating me. Because, you know, there are some bosses where it's like, look, man, you come in, you punch in, do your job, and you leave. And it's like, deuces, man, I'm out. But then there are other bosses where it's like, you come in, you work hard. And you're like, yo, I like working for this person. I want to work extra hard because I want that person to remain in their position because I'm liking work that much. I think that's what Mark Jackson brings to the table, personally. Like I said, these are all my opinions. So, you know, that's just my opinion. So I know a lot of talk has been going on. We all know in a couple weeks, we're going to be switching gears to the league, another league where they play. For bang. And we're talking about the NFL. The NFL draft is coming up in a couple weeks. Um, look, there are a lot of good players in this draft. There is um, a lot of this draft is going to mean a lot to New York because you have out of the top, I would say. Let me see it. Well, obviously, the Bills are in New York, so I don't want to discount the Buffalo Bills. So let's just say there are three teams in the state of New York that play in the NFL, and two of them are going to be in the top four. Your New York Giants coming in with the second pick and the Jets with the third pick. Now, both teams need a quarterback, but you, those New York right there is sandwiched in between the Cleveland Browns coming in with the number one overall pick in the draft and the Browns having the fourth pick in the draft. It's going to be real interesting because with all these quarterbacks that are in the draft right now, I think the Browns could either set the draft where the Giants could take who they want. And if the Giants don't feel that they could get a player that they like, they could just sit there and trade out of it. Personally, what do I think is going to happen? Um, it could change, but I think Josh Allen, the quarterback from Wyoming, is going to go number one to Cleveland because he's played in cold weather. And I think Cleveland, you need a quarterback that can play in cold weather because in Cleveland, it's, it's, it's colder than your average, okay? It gets cold in New York, but it gets colder, colder out in Ohio in Cleveland, okay? And saying that, uh, with the second pick, Eli, that's my man, 50 grand. Uh, we all know he's a little long in the tooth. He's that nice pair of Air Jordans that you really don't wear a lot anymore because there's creases and it has a little bit of dirt that you can't get out. So you only wear it on those real, 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 real special occasions. Maybe like daytime barbecues and that's it. So Eli's years are numbered. I think they go with a quarterback. And to me, in my opinion, the best quarterback this year in this draft is uh, quarterback out of USC, Sam Darnold. When you look at all his physical skills and his attributes, the only problem that he has is decision-making and turnovers. And those are things that could be rectified through coaching. So I think the Giants go with Sam Darnold. And coming up third, the Jets need a quarterback. To be honest, a lot of people sit there and say, um, Sam, you know, <sighs> Baker, Baker Mayfield is, is not even six feet. And I think that is a problem for him because being in a league where 
Everybody is tall and long. I know Russell Wilson is 5'10", and if you could do the draft over again, you draft him in the top five. I get that, but that's after you've seen him play. Baker Mayfield in no way is athletic and mobile as Russell Wilson. He can move, but not like Russell Wilson, the way Russell Wilson would play like Madden, where he'll run all the way to the left, then run all the way to the right, then run all the way to the left again. And if I find somebody wide open, Baker Mayfield is not doing that. So I think uh, Mr. Rosen, the Rosen one, from UCLA is going to be the third pick quarterback out of UCLA drafted to the New York Jets. Uh, it, it's going to be real, real interesting to see if that really happens because this past year for New York sports as a whole, I mean, baseball season is upon us right now, but I mean, the Giants stunk this past year. That football season was over. The Jets a little bit more competitive, but they didn't really play that well. Their season was over also. The Knicks didn't do nothing. The 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 Nets didn't do anything. The Devils, what are they doing? You talk about the Rangers, they're not in the playoffs. The Islanders, they're about to lose their best player in um, Tavares. So let's now turn the gear. And you're talking about baseball, where you're talking about the Yankees and the Mets. Mets are lighting it up. Yankees, they have basically not an all-star team, but they have a team that can really, really, really get busy with Giancarlo Stanton, with Aaron Judge, and Gary Sanchez. Say something. Say something. But anyway, I want to turn back. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the Mets, too. Mets coming in, 9-1, blazing start, hot like fish grease. But let's get let, – I, I, I digress when I get back to uh, football talk. Um, You know – with all those situations going on regarding the quarterbacks, it's going to be real interesting where they all lead. Des Bryant got cut today. So, did, was it expected? Yes. Why? Des Bryant was a beast. Des Bryant was a real tall, big, physical. He, he, he played like when you, you remember back in the day when you were young and there was always that one kid that was just like better than everybody. Like, he could just show up, put the pads on, and he was just better than everybody. And it was like, look, man, just run down the field. We're going to throw it to you and go and go, go up and get it. And that's how Des Bryant was. He was that beast where you just throw it up and go and get a big fella, and he come down with it. But as the skills and the speed begin to diminish, you begin to see, oh, he's not really a good route runner. Oh. If he's not going up and beasting somebody for uh, a deep ball, he really doesn't have the hands to catch those underneath routes. Coming in this year at $12.8 million, they were like, look, Des, man, we love you, but you got to go deuces. And they showed him the door. I mean, it's business. $12.8 million, it was a heavy hit to, uh, for them to take on their salary cap, and they weren't prepared to do that. So that's things. Um, so I'm going to switch gears or... You know, let's say we'll turn another page. Uh, I want to talk about a couple TV shows that I have seen and I've expressed to some of you guys that I like. One of them was um, The Last OG, starring Tiffany Haddish, Tracy Morgan, and Cedric the Entertainer. That is a funny show, y'all. I mean, that is that's the type of show where it's not like a ha, ha ha ha. That is like a. <laughs> One of those shows where it has you laughing to the point where you go to work the next day. I take, for example, this is a joke that they said in the first episode. Such as entertainers having an argument with Tracy McGordon, Tracy McGordon, Tracy Morgan, and he goes, You know what the difference between a Bugatti and an erection is? What? I ain't got no Bugatti. 
<laughs> you see what I'm talking about? They got like a whole bunch of like one line jabs in there where it's like they're funny and they actually make you really like laugh or whatnot. And I like the concept of the show where it kind of grabs the crowd from the 90s, the Timberland, fatigue wearing, coral having, a grill front um, having, you know what I'm saying, crowd to um, this new era of, you know, I don't even know what the young ones are wearing nowadays, man. Because if it, if it's not tight jeans, it's, it's you don't. I I I don't want to sit there and make it sound like I'm the old man in the club. So pretty much, it's just bringing in the '90s era and the new millennial era and mixing it in together. And it's a real good mix, man. If you have an opportunity to check that out, check that show out. I'm not saying it because I'm getting money, like I'm advertising. It's a funny show. I like to laugh, so it's a show that I like to watch because it makes me laugh. Now, um, I do have a couple guilty pleasure shows that I like to watch, and one of them is, you know, I'm sorry, The Jersey Shore. So, uh, you know, it premiered, and they had their uh, two-hour premiere, and they had a second episode. Um, you know, it basically, it picks up from basically the, the all the other shows where it's like, now they're just in Miami doing the same thing. They're getting ripped. They are... They are participating in thorough ratchet behavior, thorough drunkenness behavior, and they fighting and arguing with each other. And they trying to bag chicks whenever they go out to the club. The ones that are single. A lot of them are in relationships and married and got kids or about to have kids. So not all of them get busy like that, but some of them do. But you know, um, one scenario did happen in the show, which I found quite interesting, was the one character, Nicole and Vinny, when they were when they were doing the show, they had a uh, I guess they 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 got busy together. They had a little eh 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 session. They had a little had some fun one night, and apparently the girl Nicole uh, she was cheating on her now husband, who was her boyfriend at the time. So out of see, it's a situation where out of respect for her husband. She's not acting like she wants to be friends with Vinny. And I get that because her man was probably like, look, you all getting a good check. So I'm not trying to stop the money. But if I find out that anything went down, consider yourself a single woman. And she got two kids by this dude. So she probably wants to keep that relationship going. And she's probably real happy in her situation. But on the other hand, Vinny's like, yo, we can't be friends. We can't kick it. We can't at least have a drink. You don't even want to sit next to me or nothing like that? And he got asked her, like, yo, look, like, what are the parameters? What are the rules? Like, can I talk to you? Can I not talk to you? Do you not want me to talk to you? And she didn't want to say anything along those lines. And I get that. You know, it's, it's a sticky situation. But I think it's one where um, if it were me, I would take it as, look, man, you know that. She got a kid and a family and y'all used to mess. And now that she doesn't want to have nothing to do with you, you just fall back, man. I mean, maybe for the show, you might want to start a couple of fights to make the show interesting. But I would just fall back. I wouldn't even, you know, participate in any of that debauchery. Nah, not me, man. Not me at all. Mm-mm. Not me. Anyway, um, another thing that I want all you guys to know about me is um, I like to give positive energy. I like to send positive messages on Friday because I believe in my heart 
that one of the most strongest, powerful forms of energy that I know of is love. And, you know, love is one of those things where you don't see it, you can't explain it, but you know when you feel it from your friends, from your family, from people that are, you, you consider special to you. When you feel them giving you love, it's a wonderful thing, man. And I just try and pass along just like positive energy, try and increase the love. It's, it's, it's one of the, the, the highest frequencies. It's one of the best vibrations that you can receive. When you truly know that somebody else loves you just for being you, whether it be a friend or somebody that is a, your partner or your parents, just for being you, they love you. That's a dope feeling, man. That really is. And I want to give a positive quote. And when I was really down in the dumps and I was really in a dark space and I, I was confused about, you know, my life wasn't progressing the way I wanted it to go. Uh, it, 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 I had no idea where I was going, what I was doing. And it's like you have to stop like in traffic and you just waiting and waiting and hoping that you could just get to that exit where you could just get off the highway. And I started listening to this guy, E.T., uh, Eric Thomas, E.T., the hip-hop preacher. It has nothing to do about church. He just calls himself the hip-hop preacher. And I started listening to his videos, man, and they were just so powerful to me. Like, like it's hard listening to his videos and not get up and feel like you got to walk or run or just do something because he's so animated and gives you so much energy. It just... He just makes you feel like whatever it is you're facing, it's not that bad. And one of the best quotes, and he has a lot that I've heard him say is, um, when you you when you want to be successful, you'll be successful. How does it go again? When you want to be successful as bad as you want to breathe, that's when you'll be successful. When you want to be successful as bad as you want to breathe, that's when you be successful. I'm going to let that marinate for a minute. What that means is, in his speech in which he gave that, he made an example of a mentor taking his, his, his pupil out to the ocean and took the pupil and dunked his head underneath the water and had submerged his head underneath water to the point where you know, you underneath water after 10 seconds, what's the only thing you start to think about? You're not starting to think about, you know, your, your, how you look, what you're about to do, what you're about to eat. The only thing you're thinking about is breathing. Like you just want to breathe. And he said that, you know, he held the, 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 the pupil's head underneath water for like a period of time and brung the head up and did it a couple of times. And he wanted the pupil to understand the focus, the determination, the commitment the drive, the, 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 everything that it needs to be when you want to be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, that's when you want to be successful. That's when you will be successful because it's the only thing you're thinking about. And what we think about, we bring about. And with that, I want to say thank you for listening to my first episode to the man cave huddle, me being your host, Greg. Thank you for the opportunity of letting me in your whatever device it is that 
you're listening to me on right now. And, you know, soundcloud.com backslash the Man Cave Huddle. More episodes are coming. Thank you and bye-bye.